Um, so I'm Diana, and together with my lovely husband, Jepson, we serve Lord Jesus Christ only, and we call Trinity Church our home. Um, about a couple of years ago, I have suddenly started feeling pain in my lower region of the abdomen, and I've started experiencing abnormal bleeding, which um, means that it was happening outside of the expected times. And um, after trying to, ignoring, uh, to ignore it, thinking it would go away by itself, I eventually ended up um, having it checked by two doctors to get two different opinions. And both um, of their expressions changed and turned into um, horrified <laughs> As they gave the diagnostic, um, they said in layman's terms that um, my womb lining was filled with abnormal growths, so uh, which are polyps or tumors, and also that the lining of my womb was thickened. And the doctor said that it was extremely uncommon and rare for someone my age, young, um, to have that condition, and they don't know what's causing it. And there really isn't a um, cure that would uh, cure it 100%, but there was some stuff to kind of maintain it. Um, after that, they scheduled me for uh, an emergency surgery. And um, during the after the procedure, the doctor told me that she had removed, um, to quote her directly, she had removed uh, two giant and ugly tumors. That's what she said. And um, then I went home and I, oh, uh, before that she gave me a prescription a treatment. She said that the only thing that they could give me were some hormonal um, birth control pills that would help. However, I knew that there are horrible side effects and so, and also after stopping taking them, the, the they would come back, so it wouldn't really help solve it fully, so I decided not to take them. And um, I understood that the only way uh, that um, a healing would be possible would be if God allowed it. And so I turned to him, uh, knowing that I had exhausted anything that, it, that was humanly possible. And... Um, the Lord um, gave me Psalm 116, and it's a wonderful psalm, and I'll read it at the end. But because I was so excited to receive it, I didn't believe. I thought it was auto-suggestion, and I, I just couldn't receive it. After that, uh, since it's a, a long span of two years, and in the interest of time, I'm going to skip many uh, details, and I'll just provide a few highlights. But uh, after many months, um, my sister from Denmark, she told me that God had given her the um, gift of healing recently, and she asked if there was anything that I would like her to pray for. I hadn't shared uh, about my condition with almost anyone by, until that point. And so I shared, and she said, um, are you serious? And I said, yes. And so she prayed for me. Uh, she started praying for me, and for the first time in my life, I felt warmth uh, as I was holding my hand there where I had the pain. And um, then she said she had a vision, and in, the vision, um, in, in her vision there were m m a multitude of black dots 
everywhere. It was uh, covered with black dots, and they were suddenly, uh, not suddenly, gradually disappearing. And um, after that, after those black dots disappeared, uh, she saw a flower blooming as it was raising up, and eventually it um, opened up and went to the heaven. And that was that. <laughs> and then she said that the healing had already started, and I just had to believe um, that Lord Jesus is healing me. And uh, when the pain would come away, uh, would come back, because the pain would come back, I would just need to pray in the name of Jesus that uh, it would um, go away, because that was the devil trying to um, de deceive me. And... Um, um, after that, uh, a few more months passed, and we were at Upper Room Academy at one of the sessions, and Clive um, offered to pray uh, for me without me saying anything. He asked if there was anything I'd like prayer for, and in my mind I had asked the Lord, Lord, if you really want to heal me, <laughs> um, you are able to ask Clive to come and ask me without me ha uh, signaling or saying anything. And he came. And when I told him, um, when I shared with him, he also couldn't believe it, but he also prayed. And um, afterwards I went, so last month I went back home after one year for the checkup. I was scheduled to go after six months, but I went after one year because I was afraid. And as Christians, we know that fear is not from God but I allowed myself to be overcome by it. And um, um, because I hated that feeling of being afraid, uh, I prayed to the Lord uh, for forgiveness, first of all, and, after, and for deliverance of that spirit of fear. And he gave me two Psalms, 27 and 46. Um, 27, I'll read just the first and uh, last uh, verses. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. In Psalm 46, God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Amen. And after uh, I read these uh, psalms at 3 a.m. In, <laughs> in the day of the checkup because I couldn't sleep. And um, when I went there, all my fear had gone. And I went um, joyfully like I was going to, um, to the supermarket to buy something without even thinking much about it. <laughs> and full of peace as well. And I still thought that I was going to get a negative um, uh, outcome. However, the doctor told me that everything was fine. <laughs> and she said she, she just treated it as, a, as, a, as if had not, nothing had been there before. And um, the, according to the results, 
uh, my lining had reduced three times and it was now normal. The tumors hadn't grown back and everything was fine. And um, I'm, I, I would like to share now Psalm 116 because that sums exactly what I've been through throughout all this time. So that says, I love the Lord for he heard my voice. He heard my cry for mercy because he turned his ear to me. I will call on him as long as I live. The cords of death entangled me. The anguish of the grave came over me. I was overcome by distress and sorrow. Then I called on the name of the Lord. Lord, save me. The Lord is gracious and righteous. Our God is full of compassion. The Lord protects the unwary. When I was brought low, he saved me. Return to your rest, my soul, for the Lord has been good to you. For you, Lord, have delivered me from death. My eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling, that I may walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I trusted in the Lord when I said, I am greatly afflicted. In my alarm, I said, everyone is a liar. What shall I return to the Lord for all his goodness to me? I will lift up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. My vow to the Lord was that if um, he would allow me to get healed, I would come and give him the glory in the presence of all his people in church. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his faithful servants. Truly, I am your servant, Lord. I serve you just as my mother did. You have freed me from my chains. I will sacrifice a thank offering to you and call on the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people, in the courts of the house of the Lord, in your midst, Jerusalem. Praise the Lord. Amen. 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 just great isn't it we hear stories like this and I think Diana when you said you went joyfully even though you didn't necessarily have faith for the outcome sometimes that is the story of, of faith isn't it that we don't know what the outcome is going to be but somehow God gives us joy in the moment and sometimes even in dark moments God gives us the joy but we do believe that God loves to break through in healing and I don't think you know, that we can hear a story like this without saying, well, should we pray for healing? You know, it would be really good, you know, because we feel that, that God does break through. And it's not, we're not in some contract where if we do something, God will do this. It, that's No, we just come before and God say, Lord, if, if this is your will, if you want to do this, God, would you bring healing? And yet the Bible keeps saying, you know, to pray for healing. So the kingdom is here in parts, but not all. It's you know it's here, but not yet. We're we're looking for the fullness of the kingdom, where there'll be no more illness and no more sickness and no more disease. But God is saying, but just pray that my kingdom breaks through more and more and more and more, and that is what we want. So what I would really like to do is, in a moment, if you, if you know that there is something that is wrong with you, or you know that you want God to come and break in, and it, it could be physical, it could be emotional, it could be anything spiritual, I'm just going to ask you in a moment to to stand up with me. I have got something that I really want God to heal in my life, and then, Dana, would you just pray for us? Sure. Is that okay? I think it'd be really good, and then we'll just. We'll see, we'll see how it goes. Is that okay? So if you're aware of something in your life that you want, God, okay, here we go. 
If you're aware of something in your life that you want God to heal you for, stand up. Okay. <laughs> Fantastic. Diana's going to pray. Is there anybody else who's in real faith to pray for healing? Anyone else? Okay. Diana, you pray and then I'll pray. Is that okay? Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you for everything that you have done for us. We thank you that by dying on the cross, you took over our sins and you delivered us from them and from any suffering. Thank you, Lord, that you have redeemed us to be yours. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are faithful and that you love us. We thank you that you already know all our needs, but you just want us to ask. Yeah, that's right. So, Lord Jesus, in your name only, we ask that you would come and you would touch us where we need you to intervene, where we are, where we are waiting for you to intervene and to help us. Please, Lord Jesus, come and do your will in our lives. And also, please open our, eye, our eyes of our minds and our hearts to hear you, to hear the voice of your Holy Spirit, to hear everything that you promise us. Help us, Lord, to seek you and to stay close to you. Help us as we meditate on your word, that we would understand what you are telling us. We thank you, Lord, that you are willing and you, that you are generous, that you, you never um, get tired of giving us, Lord. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Please work in us according to your will. In yeah. Jesus' name I pray. Yeah. Amen. 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 Yeah. Father, we thank you that you are the good Father. And Lord, you, you said that even if, you know, as human fathers, if children ask for something good, it would take a very callous father, a human father, to give them something bad. And yet you are a good father and loving Heavenly Father. And you long to break in. I thank you, Lord, that you, you sent Jesus to, to break into our world. When all was going wrong, you, you sent Jesus to break in and to turn it around. And we thank you, Lord, that you, you constantly break in. And we I thank you so much for Diana's testimony. We thank you for it. Lord, we pray that you would bless her, that you would make her really so fruitful, Lord Jesus. And we ask now, would you come and break into our lives again and again and again? Lord, all of us who are standing up with something that's wrong, and we give it to you, Lord Jesus. We're going to say we trust you with every area of our lives. But we would ask you, would you break in and bring physical healing, emotional healing, Lord Jesus, God, we ask. We just pray again for, for Tim's eczema. And we say, go in, in Jesus' name. Complete healing of that eczema, we pray. Father, we thank you. We pray for legs that are just like, are aching and not working effectively and got trapped nerves and all these things. We say, God, would you break into our lives? God, would you break in? 
And would we be the ones, as Diana has come back and given thanks to you, that we would be the ones that say, it's you alone, Jesus. You are the one that is breaking through into our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, We're going to do something um, a little bit different this morning, but firstly, I just want to say a really warm welcome. If you're visiting this morning, there's a few people here visiting, a few people I've spoken to. Um, Jebson and Diana's mum and dad, uh, sorry, not Jebson and Diana, but Jebson's mum and dad are here. So it's really nice to see you. You're really welcome. I'm not going to, there's a few other people I know that, well, I'm not going to embarrass you all, but just to say you're really, really welcome. It's great that you're here. Do we have other, oh, we do have other notices. I don't, no, that's it. Okay. Uh, we, we, <laughs> we will take um, an offering very briefly. Um, uh, we always do this every Sunday because I want to be the person that honours God with my money above anything else. And it's a little bit of a barometer for me. If I know I'm honouring God with my money, then I know other things are more likely to follow. So we, we, well, we should. Oh, anyway, we're going to. Okay, so we'll, we'll take an offering, okay? We're going to take an offering up, and then we, I'm just going to pray uh, that God would use that money. It was such a delight, you know, to be able to have. To, we bought a whole load of tents for the young people to be camping in. So they camped in tents, and they were dark. They had blackout, so the young people weren't waking up in the middle of the night, you know, but it was really good. But we just want to thank. Father, we thank you so much for your goodness. We thank you for your provision for us. We pray that every single pound and penny that we give would be used to glorify you and to honour you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Um, Right, uh, sorry, just bear with me one minute, can you? Uh, Have most people got Bibles with you? Uh, I'm going to ask you to do some of the work this morning because I have spent all week cleaning toilets. <laughs> and doing all sorts of things, and uh, it's extraordinary how messy toilets can get with however many thousands of young people there. But I'm going to ask you to do some of the work this morning. So if you've got your Bible, turn to Isaiah chapter 55. Um, one one evening, I was talking to my friend uh, Howard Kellett, and he was talking to me about. Um, uh, we were talking together about Isaiah 55 and. The desire just to come and feed on God and, you know, if you're hungry, to come to him. And, um, uh, and so he, he, he then said, oh, I, I did something on Isaiah 55. So we talked that one through. Um, and this is a distillation of some of what Howard had done. But I just want to say, first of all, that um, our culture is defined by the phrase, it is not enough. There is always more. Whatever you have is never enough to satisfy you. I don't know if you, if you feel like that, but I, I, I will never be good enough. I will never be perfect enough. I will never be thin enough. I will never be thin enough. That's a statement. That's not a question. I will never be thin enough. I will never be powerful enough. I'll never be successful enough. I'll never be certain enough. I will never be safe enough. I'll never be as exciting enough as I could be. And there are so many different voices today competing to say, if you come to me, then I will make you enough all the time. Have you ever been to um, a street market where people are calling out? You know, and you walk along there and think, no, come on, we have four pounds of potatoes over here. And sometimes I go down to Chapel Market, which is Clive Sharp, lives down by Angel. And Chapel Market down is just like that. And they're selling everything, all these fruit and vegetables. And then fruit and vegetables. And then you've got 
bicycles, and then you've got women's clothing, and then you've got photos. Oh, over here, four pound of potato. I should have been a good street market, actually. But then, no, come over here. Don't go to them. They're bad. Come over here. Four pound of potato. They're all calling out. And you know, sometimes you feel like that in life, that there are people just always calling out to you to say, no, come to me. I, you know, I will give you satisfaction. I will make you enough in life. And sometimes it's never enough. And so what we're going to do is we're going to read the whole of Isaiah 55. It's a good, good chapter verse to read. But what I want you to do is, in the midst of this, I want you to hear like a, a street seller calling out to you. All these other things. I don't, what, maybe just a little bit, you can help me here. What are some of the things that the world will say, come to me and I'll give you satisfaction? It's a genuine question. Anybody? Entertainment. Entertainment. Yeah. Money. Money. <coughs> Food. Food. Self-help books. Yeah. Anything else? Work. Your identity in work and how you your position in work yet? Yeah. Anything else? Sorry? Who said that? Fame. Yeah, fame. If you are famous, then you will be okay. Yeah, anything else? Okay. What I want to do is, all of those things will call out to us at different times and in different ways. Isaiah 55 is amongst those voices. But Isaiah 55 won't be the loudest voice. Okay, so here we go. Isaiah 55. Come. Oi, you. You. Come, everyone who thirsts. Come to the waters. If you've got no money, don't worry. Come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without price. I mean, that's quite a good street seller, isn't it? No, no, come over here. I've got the thing that would be best and best of all. You don't even have to pay for it. No, come, come, come over here. I've got what is going to make you satisfied in life. Incline your ear and come over to me. Don't listen to all that over there. Hear that your soul may live. And I will make with you an everlasting covenant, my steadfast, sure love for David. Behold, I made him a witness to the peoples, a leader and a commander for the peoples. Behold, you shall call a nation that you do not know, and a nation that you did not know shall run to you because of the Lord your God and of the Holy One of Israel, for he has glorified you. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts and neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. For as the rain and snow come down from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that for which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. For you shall go out with joy 
and be led forth with peace. And the mountains and the hills before you shall break forth into singing. And all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. And instead of the thorn shall come up the cypress. And instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle. And and I shall make a name for the Lord. An everlasting sign that shall not be cut cut off. It's like this, the seller here, his voice is rising above everybody else saying, no, come to Jesus, come to me, come to me and I will provide for you. And he keeps offering and he, he keeps saying, look, no, come over to me, come over, come over, come over to me. And then it's sort of like he says, no, and then come over to me and you won't even have to pay for it. It's not you, somebody else will pay for you. And the thing is, he then says, why have you invested in things that do not satisfy you? And, and how does he know that? It's because it's almost like the default position of the human condition is emptiness and dissatisfaction. And yet we try and fill it with so many other things. Years and years ago, I went on holiday and I, and I came back not rested. And I thought, why? Why have I gone away on holiday And I'm not doing anything. All the responsibilities that I'm carrying, I have not come back rested. And then I realized it's because I'd gone away on holiday and I had not been with the Lord. And my friends, that is what gives rest to your soul. To come and drink of the waters of the living God. Have you got Sophia Loren up there? Just as a slight change in tank. Fifty years ago, she was one of the most beautiful women in the world, and this is what she said. In my life, there is an emptiness that is impossible to fill. Five years ago, Cara Delevingne, you may slightly sort of like catering for different age groups here. (laughs) Cara Delevingne said this. She was fairly bravely expressing her thoughts on being empty. She said, this was an MTV award session. Okay. Empty. Describing herself empty, but beyond the point of emptiness, full to the brim with fake confidence. I'm hurting, but don't tell anyone. No one needs to know. Always okay, always fine, always on show. The show must go on. It will never stop. I give up. I give up giving up. I'm lost and don't need to be saved. I need to be found. These Two beautiful women. They had everything. Everything that the world could possibly give them. And yet, still they said, I am profoundly empty. And I just need to be found. It's extraordinary. They're hungry and thirsty. Jim Carrey, another great quote from Jim Carrey, who said this. He said, I think everyone should get rich and famous and do everything that they've ever dreamed of so that they can see it's not the answer. But it's true, isn't it? How many times have we believed the lie? And yet God's invitation to us this morning is to come to me. Come to me. In my, the last quote that I've got from you is, uh, for you is uh, Tim Keller, who's a, a New York preacher, and he said this. He observed this. Is it up there? Oh, uh, next one. He said this. I think that most of us aren't able to recognize our soul thirst for what it is. 
As long as you think there's a pretty good chance that you can achieve some of your dreams, as long as you think that you have a shot of success, you experience your inner emptiness as drive and your anxiety as hope. And so you remain almost completely oblivious to how deep your soul thirst actually is. Most of us tell ourselves that we're unfulfilled because we haven't been able to achieve our goals. And so we live almost all our lives with admitting ourselves, uh, we live almost all our lives with admitting to ourselves the depth of our thirst. Basically, it's saying that we constantly would try and satisfy our thirst for God with something else. And yet the invitation this morning is to come back and to drink of God. What I'm going to ask you to do is this. Uh, not going to listen to me for much longer. If you can do this, I would, I would really value it. And if you feel a bit embarrassed about doing this, don't worry. I'd like us to get into groups of maybe three or four. And I want you just to have Isaiah, we can put Isaiah 55 back up there. And I'd like you to answer, in fact, could you go on to the, the next slide, Ken? There are, that one there. Very, very briefly, and we will only have 10 minutes for this. I'd like us just to say these questions here. From Isaiah 55, what do you learn about God? What do, you, what do I learn about myself? What do I need to do? And what, who do I need to tell, what do I need to tell somebody else? Because I think sometimes it's really good to come and listen to me and, oh, it's, yeah, that's great. But actually, it's really helpful just to sit down with somebody else and think, okay, what are some of these questions and how can I answer them? So is that Okay. Um, ten minutes. If you're just, if you think, oh no, this is a bit too embarrassing. I don't want to do it. Be part of a group, but just say, I don't. I'm too embarrassed to say anything. But hopefully, everyone will be okay. I don't. I don't want to make anybody feel awkward and embarrassed. But if you could do that now, and for just ten minutes, that would be really helpful. So just gather around. You have to move some chairs. You might have to move yourselves. But just get into a few little groups. Okay. So should we come back? Did you, did you, have you seen what I've done this morning? I'm making you do the work, yeah. Thank you so much for that. That's the idea. <laughs> making you do the work. So it would be good to just get a little bit of feedback. So one of the questions, the first one is, what, what do we learn about God from this passage? This is going to work if we sort of like, you know, to come up. Uh, he pursues and... He, Becca also said that he's like so clearly on the throne, so he's like all powerful, but yet he also is pursuing. Fantastic, yeah. Can you, could, yeah, do you want to be like Mrs. Runner? But there's another one as well. Should that be the next runner? Yeah. We have learned that uh, God is our great provider, and uh, he is really, uh, you know, uh, he provides uh, everything that we need. Fantastic. Great. Who's next? God's compassionate. <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to expand on that? No. No. <laughs> yeah, that's good. God, God is compassionate. Very good. Yep. Anybody else? I will say God is patient. He's patient with us because he's calling us for um, every time he calls us and he said, Come to me. But sometimes we don't hear him. And he's very patient with us all days, all years, all of our life. That's great, isn't it? Love it. Can I just say, Jebson's going to share something now. 
Can you, when Jeb's, can somebody else be waving at, at Andy, and then we can, and then when... I need some work. Yeah, that's it, and then, just keep your hand coming up, yeah. God's not stingy. He, he gives freely, and he does not, he doesn't expect anything back. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's except for my obedience, I guess. God knows what you need. Yeah, fantastic. So, is it on? Is it on? Okay. Okay, we've got one. Okay, anybody else? What, what do we learn about the character? He forgives of us. He forgives us. He pardons us. Yeah, brilliant. Anybody else? Pete, was that, were you putting your hand up then, or were you just pointing out something? Oh, yeah, yeah. it's like an auction here. Don't, don't wave your hand if you're not going to say something, okay? <laughs> okay. Okay, so um, the char- we've learned something of the, of the character of God. He pursues us. He's compassionate. He is kind. He comes to us. He's desperate. He, he will keep persistently keep calling out to us. And I'm sure we've had those experiences, haven't we? We keep thinking, oh, God is nowhere to be heard, no one to be seen. But he will keep calling out, come to me. Don't go to them, come to me. Can we put it on the microphone? Why doesn't if they say it? Say it? Um, I just said that God is not predictable. It's like he, not he, but like God can change things like real, like quickly in like situations. Like God can tell you one thing in the same situation, but then can tell you the, another thing in the same situation. Like I don't know if that makes sense. But yeah. So what if they're saying is that God isn't predictable? I think there are some things that God is predictable in. That God will always love and He will always be faithful to His word. But sometimes he does things in slightly different ways. And so we need to be hearing what God is saying and how God is leading us. And I think that's, yeah, that's really helpful. Yeah. Uh, last one. Okay. What do we learn from that about ourselves? Um, Becca. That we um, quite often seek satisfaction in things, that kind of material things and I don't know, work, that sort of thing, which doesn't satisfy yeah, we're quite fickle, aren't we? We're easily distracted, yeah. And that um, I am so powerful with God and without him, nothing. Yeah, amen, amen. Yeah, Sorry, Becca, we're making you work here. Yeah, you know, take it easy, Andy, it's fine, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> um, you learn that... Um, God is welcoming and he's telling you to come to him with open arms. Yeah, amen. Very good. Anything else? What are we learning about ourselves, about what we're like? Anything else? I think it's, it's clear that, that we're very, very easily distracted. There are so many other things that will loom larger and brighter and bigger and better. And sometimes the voice of God is the quietest one. It's not always the one that is shouting loudest in the marketplace. But it will be the quiet voice. And, and sometimes I think in, in, in when life is really busy, we want to be the people that hear the still, small voice of God. 
and because then the rushing wind will come past and the fire and, and everything. And sometimes we're really busy. And sometimes like this last week, we, we were sort of like dip, serving at New Day and there was so much that was going on and it felt like we never really stopped. But somehow we have to train ourselves to think, what is the still, small voice of God? And I just encourage you, please do not go on holiday or do not spend the summer without somehow hearing just the still small voice of God that whispers, you know, just the stirring of the spirit. Just when I went to, as at New Day, and the interesting thing is we all wore high-vis jackets and uh, we went into the main meeting and then somebody in the main meeting said, oh, could you leave the main meeting because you've got the wrong high-vis jacket on. <laughs> so I thought, oh, my word, we've just been cleaning toilets and now they, we're not allowed to... Anyway, it was fine. And I thought, Duncan, just get your attitude right. And then I was walking up and I just heard this young man. He was talking really angrily to his youth leader. And I just said, are you okay? And she didn't know what to say to this young man. And we just said, oh... And it was like I walked past and I think I heard the still small voice of God say, go back and ask if everything is okay. So I'd gone 20 metres ahead and I walked back and then I just said, oh, you know, is everything okay? And then spoke to that young man for probably about 45 minutes, went back, dealing with profound anger in his life. His parents had like rejected him. And then he'd offered to do something. He'd offered, you know, to do something on stage. Have it, had his head shaved, and then he'd got up there, waited, and then somebody just quite dismissively said, "Oh, we don't, we don't want you." <laughs> and they thought they were just, you know, it's part of a game. But that young man, with a, a whole year, years of being rejected by his parents, and then somebody spoke. But I felt, oh, that was the whisper of God telling me, Duncan, go back and ask if everything is okay, and just be able to speak. So I just think we need to be those people, don't we, that they hear the whisper of God, speak it, and, and are responsive and in obedience. Okay, the next question is, okay, this is a really good one. Who's got something that, what, what is God prompting you to do? Do it something differently. Can I just say, if, if, if there are no, n- nothing, then we're, we're lost. Okay, we have to have some practical outworking of this, yeah. Um, God is prompting me to give ear and to come to him, to listen to him that I may live. Fantastic. Brilliant. Thank you. I think a challenge for me is to keep developing good habits in personal prayer, personal fellowship. Um, don't, don't let the days and the weeks go by without, without connecting. That could be God's incredibly creative, good books, listening to good stuff. Um, not letting your mind wander off and getting distracted, so easy to do. Culture just sucks us like a stream flowing the other way and just building good habits and, and connecting with people that are doing the same and encouraging one another. It's really important. Yeah, amen. It's good. I think it's the imagery of the psalm that catches me. It's that drink, drink. And if you think about physical drink, we do it regularly. You don't just decide, oh, I'm going to skip drinking for a while because you know you're going to feel really ill. Yeah. But it's we drink regularly, especially at this warm weather. We're drinking and drinking and drinking to keep well. So it's that mm. that's hit me afresh, the importance of drinking from God regularly. Otherwise, we're going to effectively be spiritually ill. Yeah. Brilliant. Well done, John. 
Oh, his word there is come. So that means that we have to focus. So in my life, I get to know more of him and uh, to focus and uh, gaze upon his things and ways to do and be contented of what I have. Yeah, yeah brilliant. Anybody else? I think something that we said in our group was actually what you were saying about the market sellers. Like, actually, that's kind of what we need to be like. We need to be like Isaiah, where we're like telling people about God and like, no, don't follow this. Follow, follow God. Follow Jesus, and and He will make your path straight. That's great, isn't it? Turning it around. We're the market sellers. Come drink, yeah, Abby. Um, something that I've already kind of decided prior to this, but this has in further encouraged me, and I guess we can all we can all do this, um, is having those moments like what Duncan just described, where like he was just walking by and felt the spirit speak to him. Um, I feel like that happens sometimes, and maybe like when you're already a little filled in the spirit or sometimes it's super inconvenient but other but I I guess for me I want to be more proactive and I want to ask God about people that I see like Lord what do you love about them mm. what do you love about them and what do you want to tell them and see if he says anything then I'll go and tell him what he says <laughs> so uh, just something simple like that but it still takes some boldness and some some proactivity so this is great. So actually we're turning it around from just being hearers of what God is saying, that we've heard something so much that God now fills us with the Spirit and says, no, I c- come, come to Jesus. Yeah, it's quite good. Yeah, anybody else? Okay, I'm Bryn. Just thinking, um, I'm just thinking about conversations we have with people when you know, they're, they're quite despairing. You know, like those sort of quotes you read, uh, read out earlier when people say, oh, you know, um, Oh, isn't the world just a terrible place? Isn't you know everything's going to pot? You know all, all the problems, and I think sometimes yeah they, those verse you know to actually to have the confidence to say you know actually no there is another yeah. another way there is somewhere yeah. you can put your hope where you won't get let down where you won't yeah you won't you won't be empty you'll you'll be filled um, yeah but yeah be step, stepping into that those sorts of situations more. And having the the boldness to do that and the courage, yeah, fantastic. Thanks. Okay. Last question: Is there anybody that has anything specific that they feel actually I need to go and say this to this person? And in fact, okay, what we'll do now is you we won't have the microphones, but if you think, just put your in a moment. I'll ask you to put your hand up if you know from this from Isaiah 55. I need to go and say this to this person? Is there anybody who thinks, I, I definitely feel I have to say this to this person? Yeah? Okay. Right. What we're going to do is, uh, I'm just going to invite us to, to stand. We're going to finish in a moment. We're going to, if the band is, can we, if we can come do our last, come up and have our last song. But I'm just going to pray that we are now filled with the Holy Spirit that the rivers of the living God come and flow over us. So could you stand with me?
John 4, verse 7 says this. A woman from Samaria came to draw water. And Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. A Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. And Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. And the woman said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw water with and the well is deep. Where are you going to get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us the well and drank from it from himself as his sons and his livestock. And Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks from the water that I give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I give give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And so, Heavenly Father, we come to you, Lord, and we respond to this invitation from Isaiah 55, come all you who are thirsty. And we say to you this morning that we are thirsty for you. Would you come and pour your Holy Spirit out upon us right now? And as we just pray for a moment, if you feel the Lord is saying, oh, I, I need to confess my sin. There is this in my life that I need to get right with God. I just encourage you in the quietness of your own heart just to come before God and say, God, I am sorry. I am so sorry. And in that moment, I believe God will come in and fill us afresh with his Holy Spirit. Say, come, Lord. Father, thank you. Lord Jesus. Lord, we pray, fill us afresh right now. Fill us with joy. Father, thank you. Kathy, bless you. Father, thank you. allow the goodness of God to flood over our lives again come before him empty handed but give him everything that we have Holy Spirit you are welcome here lift our gaze to you again we pray restore us refresh us in you Open our ears to hear you whispering to us that we would be obedient to you, to your calling over our lives. We pray that you would empower us from on high, that you'd pour your spirit into us again and again. Amen.